ready to brave the wild with me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on thesportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. A pleasure to be back on board once again today to talk about hockey here. Minnesota Wild go one and one, but kind of went the opposite direction I predicted. Ah, well, it is what it is. And coming off the All-Star break and all that, yeah, you know, kind of that crappy All-Star game. Uh, did you like the All-Star game? Did you? Yeah. God, that was, oh, that was so bad. Oh my God. Yeah, that was, that was bad. And I felt bad for Dubnik. And it looked kind of similar in the Calgary game, where he was pretty much hung out to dry. See, the All-Star game, you're kind of facing a firing squad. But, you, you know, that's the thing. You're facing a firing squad and all that. You're not going to see a whole lot of defense. But Jiminy Christmas, Central Division All-Stars, did you even try? I mean, the other team, Pacific, the Pacific Division, at least they were attempting to force a turnover. Attempting to defend us. It seemed like... Central Division players were just kind of skating around, were just kind of going through the motions, and Dubnik was left out to dry. Oh boy! Hmm. Along with Corey Crawford, of course. Dubnik and Crawford. I don't mind. I don't mind seeing Crawford get hung out to dry, but Dubnik, man, that sucked. And that's the scary part coming out of the All Star break. It didn't help him going into the Calgary game. Uh, everything kind of was the opposite. It was kind of weird. But then again, I didn't expect five to two over anybody. I thought these are going to be lower scoring games or five to one going the other direction. Um, weird. Everything was completely the opposite here. Uh, let's just get to it. Tuesday, January the 31st, we wrap up the month of January wonderfully. Five to two in Edmonton, Alberta. Now, I thought Dubnik was going to start against Edmonton because they're the better team and you'd take your chances with Kemper the following night. You went with Kemper in Edmonton. I was like, uh-oh, this can't be good. Edmonton's playing really good, and they have all these stars, Connor McDavid especially, but all the other young players playing as well as they have been, and just in general, and Talbot's a good goalie, good solid goalie, and yet the Wild go out there and win 5-2, to two, and Tyler Grayhavak with two goals. And the good part is these are real goals. They weren't just bouncing off his skate and going in. Luckily, no kicking motion in that St. Louis game. A week ago, but uh, these were legitimate goals by Tyler Grayovac. Um Not bad at all. <laughs> Beautiful, actually. Uh, Granlund, of course, continuing his point streak throughout this uh, throughout these only two games to uh, review in this case, four games to preview. So kind of uh, unbalanced in that case as well. But Grayovac, Zucker, Parisi, getting in very close to the net on Talbot, making it three nothing. Uh, Zucker made it. Getting his 15th goal at the very end of the first period. You could just see the frustration on Edmonton's faces over there. Last couple seconds of the first period. Zucker scoring. The Wild were the aggressors the whole night here. And it was beautiful to see. It's like you figure, let's let's beat this Edmonton team and take our chances in Calgary. And Yeah, I don't know. They must have thought they were going to just beat Calgary, I guess. Despite the uh, recent history and really long-term history against Calgary. has not been real good. I mean, the last time the Wild were really dominant against Calgary was like the first couple of years of their existence. And then things changed very dramatically after that when Jerome McGinley started taking over and all that. Uh, but Parisi, a Parisi-like goal, ninth of the year. That's his old number, of course. Getting uh, close to the net, getting stopped by Talbot, then getting his own rebound and slice and sliding that thing, actually lifting it, raising it over Talbot's pads because the first one didn't go in underneath. He, so he raised it over the pads and in there, Pominville yet another assist. Very cool to see. That third line's been playing well. Halla, Pominville, Parisi, very solid. You're going to be hearing a very dramatic change as well coming up after this Edmonton game <laughs> with the frustrations of uh, uh, Bruce Boudreaux with a guy named Charlie Coyle who just 
uh, he's lost it. I mean, he just, he's, uh, you know, and yes, he goes through streaks, confidence streaks, and he's had a, a hurt ankle. God knows what else might be hurt. Who knows if his hand is blue? I mean, God only knows. I mean, there's always stuff like that that can happen, but usually you'd hear something about that. Adam Larson, the acquired defenseman from New Jersey. Brook, yeah, New Jersey. I don't know why I'm calling him Brooklyn. I'm getting them mixed up with the NBA here. The New Jersey Devils for Adam Hall getting his third goal of the year. That was frustrating. And it was an understandable. Both of these goals by Larson and Drysdale were very much, very much understandable type of goals given up by Kemper. Uh, he faced a firing squad all night. Now, the Wild were the aggressors early. Edmonton, later on in this game, really took over the puck possession, and they peppered Darcy Kemper the rest of the way here. And Kemper was excellent in this game. It was by far his best game of the year, I'd have to say, other than maybe some very early in the season when he was fairly solid before he started going way downhill um, and stayed downhill forever, basically. It was either three or four goals allowed, if not five, by Darcy Kemper, pretty much from <laughs> there on. But only two goals allowed in Edmonton, Alberta. Outstanding performance by Darcy Kemper. Again, just shot after shot after shot, or as our buddy uh, <laughs> Bruce Boudreau would say, shot. 16 shots on goal in that second period. Edmonton dominating in the second period, but the Wild were taking the lead there. It, they actually, it actually was a two-to-two, two, yeah, two-to-two second period. Pardon me. The Wild maintaining their two-goal lead that they're able to get in the first period. Luckily, again, like I said, Adam Larson and Drysdale there. Uh, of course, uh, Tyler Grayevac. That second goal was really nice. Beautiful pass by Granlund. He's always ever capable of doing that, and Grayevac with a nice little finish. <laughs> looked like Stewart almost touched it, but he didn't quite touch it. And he was able to make up for not getting good credit for that goal. Because, I mean, Greyvok, nice play. I mean, Greyvok deserved that second goal. And this is a guy who answered Boudreaux's, answered Boudreaux's frustration. I mean, Boudreaux, was, Boudreaux scratched him one night. And then the next time around, it was like they were going to pretty much... They wanted to send him down to Iowa. And this is a guy that said, okay, fine, I'm not going down to Iowa. And he scored three goals in the past two weeks. Incredible. Nice to see Tyler Grayovac, but it's frustrating to see him not able to get assists of late. He made some nice passes in the Calgary game. And even in the Edmonton game, unfortunately, nobody able to finish on those attempts. Stewart on one of them. A really nice pass from Grayovac, but no goal in that one, unfortunately. Uh, Charlie Coyle. Very frustrating again. Just can't seem to hang on to the puck again. He just, like, his skating isn't the same. His stick handling is like, I don't know what's going on. He's not aggressive with his shot. And when he is aggressive, or when he does shoot the puck, it's inaccurate. It's very strange. Can't even get the puck on net. And like I said, a couple, like a week or a couple weeks ago against the Dallas Stars, he shot the puck and it missed by like five feet. And it's not like he was that far away either. I mean, it was the kind of shot, like when you see, like the shot when you saw Pominville getting close, getting kind of sliding towards the net and rifle his shot. Yeah, it was about from the same distance and missed by five feet to the to the right. Very strange. Uh, Chris Stewart with his 11th goal of the season, and it was another real nice one. Jason Zucker with a nice little feed there. Nice centering pass to Chris Stewart. Zucker and, and Granlund and Koivu, always great at that. But Zucker and Granlund mostly with those centering passes. Koivu, a lot of times the beneficiary, but in this case... Chris Stewart, as the Lions just kind of randomly shuffled during the course of the game. Stewart playing very strong and netting his 11th goal of the season. Your fourth line, a fourth line forward with 11 goals. That's extremely exciting uh, at the end of the month of January. This this guy might wind up with 20 goals at the end of the year. It's been uh, absolutely great, uh, Chris Stewart, on that fourth line. It's really made a huge difference to this team. And just to let you know, I was on Dakota Sports, Dakota Sports Broadcasting. Dakota Broadcasting. I keep getting a mix-up. Dakota Broadcasting. A buddy of mine, uh, 
Lucas Quayle, I know him from Timberwolves Explosion, but we also talked wild on there. And they were asking me about the impact of the Eric Stahl signing and, of course, Chris Stewart. And it's like you're anchoring the top and bottom lines of the team, and it's made a dramatic difference to this to the whole club, according, I mean, I mean, also along with uh, Bruce Boudreaux, obviously, that's the biggest of all. But again, you're able to move guys around when you bring in Eric Stahl. He's able to be your number one center, so you're able to bump Koivu down to number two, and then, you know, the number two line. And then you're able to put Granlin on the wing and look at him now. And, of course, Coyle on the wing as well, who was good for the longest time. He was one of the leading scorers on the team with Eric Stahl until of late, where, again, hockey is a game of streaks, and this one, not so good. But the Wild looked great in this in this overall game. 5-2 to two victory to wrap up the month of January in Edmonton, Alberta. Extremely encouraging, very strong. A team coming out of the All-Star break, beating an Edmonton club that had been playing fantastic of late, really been picking it up after they kind of had the midseason swoon a little bit there after a super strong start as they're looking to come back into the playoff picture once again, like they had been long, long ago in the galaxy far, far away. They're back in the in the swing of things, literally, in the Western Conference or Clarence Campbell Conference, whatever you want to call it, right? <laughs> oh, boy. But uh, a fun performance. You figure, okay, great. Now, hopefully, we can go beat Calgary. I think the odds are pretty good. we got Devin Dubnik in that. We, you know, there's got to be a little revenge factor with this Calgary team. In fact, we weren't playing very well when we played them in the past. Wednesday, February the 1st. Again, Pacific Division versus Central Division in the All-Star game. Like, really, guys? Really? Grayavok had some chances in this game. And again, a guy who absolutely has stepped up the past couple of weeks and good on him. And Coyle's for a coil continuing to drop off, continuing to frustrate Boudreaux, who uh, he, he was lit up after the Edmonton game. Next thing you know, Charlie Coyle's on that fourth line with Chris Stewart and Tyler Grayavok. You see uh, Jordan Schrader bumped up into the <laughs> all the way up to the top line on occasion. In fact, that's basically what's been happening. Coyle bumped up to the top line, or bumped down to the fourth, and Schrader up to the top line, pardon me. And it's just, it's it's unfortunate. Uh, Coyle had some centering opportunities as well. He was he was okay in those. He, he, he won half of his face off, so at least he was able to do that. But overall, an extremely frustrating game. Again, zero shots on goal. He was, he's able to play his physical game. Three hits. He led the team in hits, but overall cannot get the puck on net. And now he's just playing a physical game now, now that he's moved down to the fourth line for the time being. And the frustration continues to mount with that. Uh, the overall game, though, terrible turnovers. I mean, Mike Riley, I mean, a, a really a bad turnover among many for the Wild in this game. It's amazing that only Christian Foley is a minus one in this game. He's the only, or minus two in the game, considering uh, basically every line, every defensive pairing pretty much faced some very negative uh, play in this one. Brian Elliott in that also. You have Dubnik in there instead of Kemper. And then you have Brian Elliott instead of Chad Johnson, who'd been playing so well against the Wild. You figure this is a win for sure, and it goes completely the opposite direction again. But it's it's all, you know, everything matters in hockey. Of course, goaltending is, like, really important. It's paramount. But if you can't hang on to the puck, and if you're giving up odd man rushes time and time again with stupid turnovers, lackadaisical effort, and Mike Riley looking just like an idiot out there, quite frankly, not impressed with Mike Riley at all. Um, looking forward to Jonas Brodeen coming back. And unfortunately, he won't be back for quite a while yet. At least a few weeks, maybe two, three more weeks at least. So uh, this is why Mike Riley isn't in the NHL. I mean, this is why he wasn't in the NHL at the end of the uh, 
at the end of training camp and all. And, of course, Christian Foline's dropped off a bit. Ever since that knee injury, he hasn't been the same. And that's extremely frustrating considering how strong he was. And that was why Mike Riley wasn't uh, in the NHL pod. That's another reason because Christian Foline was 10 times what Riley was defensively. Riley, again, I mean, you see a little bit of ability to step up and such, be an offensive forward, uh, defenseman, but my God, he's, you're seeing almost no ability to keep up with anyone, and you're seeing him turn the puck over. Just stupid plays, uh, poor skating even, and such, like over-skating, again, poor stick handling, and uh, there were so many odd man rushes in this game. I can't blame Devin Dubnik, and it's such a shame that he had to get five goals against in this game. It, it's it's a huge shame. Um the, it was all spread around except for Sean Monahan, seventeen and eighteen, and at the end, Furlan's goal, which made it five to one. You saw Bruce Boudreaux look up at the screen with his mouth open, like the way my brother does when he's really pissed off. He was looking at the replay and he couldn't believe what he's seeing. Uh, you could just tell he's just dropping f bombs, extremely shocked, frustrated at what was going on, and that was in the Mike Riley turnover among a couple others. Just an overall lousy game for Mike Riley. I'm not happy with him at all. I'm sure Boudreaux isn't either. On the positive note, Jason Zucker's 16th goal of the year, and he has been extremely consistent, and Mikhail Granlin has been extremely consistent. These two guys continue to wind up on the scoreboard, having something to do with some type of scoring, one way or the other, assists, goals. Zucker's been scoring goals. Granlin's been getting the assists, like normal, I suppose, especially in Granlin's case. But uh, this was a great play, and it gave you hope that the Wild were going to come back and get things going. Of course, after the... Flames taking advantage of a power play midway through the first period, making it 2 nothing after Alex Chisson getting his eighth goal of the year about four minutes prior to that, pretty early in the first period. Kinda, it was kind of an indicator that this wasn't going to be an easy game at all, uh, again, with the way the Wild were giving up the puck and not getting back, on, not getting back defensively quick enough, so, stuff like that. And, man, but the Granlin play, it was a little two-on-one. So Calgary gave up a two-on-one. Yes, thank you very much. Granlin could have passed the puck earlier, but no, he hesitated, hesitated, and waited for just the right time, and Zucker was able to bury it, and that was great. 16th goal of the season. Zucker scoring in multiple games in a row here once again. Absolutely great, and Zucker's been a consistent goal scorer for this club of late. Granlin always factoring into something, and that second line has been fantastic. It's a shame to not see Koivu on the scoreboard, because usually he is somehow, some way, with the assists with that second line, the beautiful second line of the Wild, but not in this case. So, overall, this game, I don't have a whole lot to say other than, <laughs> I mean, what the hell was this? Just very, 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 very sloppy. And Charlie Coyle is going to be, may remain on the fourth line because after this game, the Wild call up, drum roll, Alex Tuck. <laughs> Right, Alex Tuck is now on the Minnesota Wild, and an awkward incident took place, or not an awkward incident, but an awkward thing happened <laughs> when you wear certain colored jerseys for top line, bottom line, and all that, you know, for the different lines you're on. I, I guess the top line you wear white jerseys, the bottom line you wear red. Charlie Coyle put on the white jersey, and Alex Tuck put on the red. And one of the assistant coaches said, oh, no, 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 you uh, switch that up. You guys switch that up. Uh, yeah, Tuck, you're going to the top line. And it was a very awkward uh, situation there between the two. Certainly <laughs> Coyle looked kind of mad, frustrated. But, hey, man, come on. You know, I was counting on you to score a goal against Calgary. Remember that beautiful highlight goal he had a couple of years ago against Calgary? And, and he scored against them 
last year too. I figured Charlie Quayle would hopefully break out of his slump, and he didn't even come close. And he got sent down to that fourth line early in the Calgary game, and he's been there, and he's going to remain there for a while, at least for the time being. And it's a wild test out Alex Tuck, because, well, are we going to make a trade as we head towards the trade deadline, or is Alex Tuck the acquisition? Do we just go from within? Maybe that's what's maybe that's what the case will be as Alex Tuck will get that opportunity at age 20 making his NHL debut the the uh <laughs> first round pick in 2014 welcome aboard Alex Tuck cool we'll talk about him some more in the second segment as we always do about prospects because he stepped it up after a shoulder injury during the course of the season he has stepped it up greatly the wild did want to acquire him earlier did want to call him up in any way back in December before the uh, but then the shoulder injury happened and that was put on delay and they let him kind of get back into the swing of things and he looks great now and he's been doing fantastic down in Iowa along with some others that are fairly important prospects for the Wild. So very, very, very exciting in that case to see more and more prospects playing better down in Iowa and, of course, in the collegiate ranks as well. So there it is. Uh, The Mike Madonna Award winner for this week will be Jason Zucker. Absolutely strong play, doing doing everything he can to keep the Wild in games and, of course, finishing on some beautiful passes. I mean, you know, it's one thing to make a beautiful pass, but you better finish on it. I mean, Greg Ravok had so many chances earlier in the year and he wouldn't finish. Zucker has been a finisher, and that's fantastic. Granlin, obviously, honorable mention, as he was the winner last week. The James Shepard Memorial is Charlie Coyle, for so many reasons. Turning the puck over, bad skating, overskating, not getting the puck on net, inaccurate, everything. Just off. He's just been off. To, to, just to sum him up in one word, he's just been off, you know, off. So that's it. Let's wrap things up. Only two games. Maybe I dragged that or drug that longer than I would have liked. Let's get to the four games to preview and talk some more about the prospects. Alex Tuck leading the way. Wild segment number two preview segment and of course checking up with the prospects you always love to do that hope you guys like that uh, I'm not sure a whole lot of other shows do that so why not you know why not this one right <laughs> maybe that's why you listen partially uh well four games to preview let's hop right into it hope you like the uh hope you like the bumper music there yeah it's, it's back again it's been a, almost a year since I used that one because I got all kinds of different bumper music to use for this show like Mega Man and and uh, Blades of Steel. I went back with classic ice hockey. Gotta love that. But uh, yeah, I mean, the others will return again, too. That's what's fun about it. It's always changing. Saturday, it changes about as much as Boudreaux lines, except for the second line. Saturday, February the 4th, the Minnesota Wild Hen to Vancouver, British Columbia, rut row. Don't like how these have gone. Don't like how these have gone of late. This was a, a frustration. This was a frustration. Right before the Wilds' winning streak began, the Wilds had a regulation loss in Vancouver. What a POS game this was. 5-4 to four loss to the Canucks. Or Cun, you know what I mean. People like to use swear words for it. Maybe I shouldn't do that. It's in, inappropriate. It's not not cool. 5-4. to four. I mean, I, I, it was just another one. You know, just another game where you thought the Wild were going to beat an inferior club that hadn't been playing well. And the Wild were going to take advantage of a team, you know, we're going to take advantage of it. And it just did not go that well. 
Um, Louis Erickson, a factor. Pominville had two goals in the game. These were his last two goals before he finally got his sixth all this time later. Way, way later here in January. Um, extremely frustrating. Uh, Vancouver was up 4-2. to two. The Wild made a dramatic comeback. Zucker getting only his third goal of the season. Just think about it. Zucker only had three goals at the end of November. Re- remember that? Wasn't that weird? Only three goals, but he'd been picking up a few assists at the time. Pominville again. See, it's like you're seeing a lot of, a lot of history here. Eric Hall, a fourth goal, where he was scoring a little teeny bit, and then he went into a huge slump as well. He wasn't playing bad, he just wasn't scoring. Uh, and then Sven Barsky ended up getting his third goal of the year to end things. Only three, only about two and a half minutes remaining. Huge frustration for the Wild. Oh, man. And Yup Kemper was in net, and Kemper wasn't very good, and everyone was frustrated. Remember that? Well, Dubnik will be in net this time, and hopefully the Wild will play a little better against this club. It would be uh, greatly, <sighs> greatly appreciated. we got to hope for that. Uh, Vancouver Canucks have been playing a bit better. They're only one game above 500, and that's not good at, at this stage. Uh, they're, they're still kind of sort of in the mix, though. I mean, you know, it's like good on them, I suppose. They're kind of, sort of, yeah, I mean, they're they're in the mix. If Calgary's around the wild card, they're about five points behind Calgary. So the possibility exists and persists for that. That's the good news. Now, the wild also made a minor trade. Might as well mention Mark Hagel, the bagel. Mark Hagel, yep. <laughs> Traded to Ottawa for future considerations, and that's it, of course. Uh, Alex Stalock also, got to mention this right now, contract extended for two years. Two-year contract extension for Alex Stalock, making things more interesting here. Alex Stalock, very possibly the backup goalie next season, as Darcy Kemper, unlikely to be back. The Wild probably going to either let him go or trade him. It, he is an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, Alex Tuck, of course, again, called up from the minor leagues. Nobody actually sent down, so you're going to see somebody like Schrader possibly scratch which I like Schrader, damn it. I, I wouldn't scratch Schrader. Why punish Schrader? What did he do wrong? Um, he hasn't been a huge factor in the scoring of late. He's not Chris Stewart or anything. I mean, scratching Chris Stewart would be like, yeah, that would be unthinkable. But uh, it, it creates flexibility for the goalie situation. And, of course, it also allows the Wild to expose Alex Daylock to Vegas, which we're guessing they won't pick him up, but you never know. Maybe they'll pick him up to be the backup. That would be kind of a bummer. Then you then you got to scramble a little bit to get a new goalie. But I know. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, but then again, why would Vegas take Daylock if they can take somebody else, like a Scandella, maybe? Yeah, or, God forbid, like a Brodeen. I would hate that. Or a Zucker. Don't think Zucker's going to be available, but maybe he will be. Uh, Mike Riley will be available. So, I mean, they can only take one player, and I'm guessing it won't be Staylock. And, yeah, so now the Wild can officially protect Devin Dubnik, and that, in that case, you'd expose Staylock to Vegas, who, again, I'm guessing will not be picked up in that situation. So, good news in that front, I suppose. Much, uh, so, Alex Staylock, again, who's been playing great in Iowa. The Vancouver Canucks, back to that. Wanted to get to those transactions before I got too crazy. Ryan Miller, who in the past had not played well against the Wild, has been playing so much better, and he played fairly kind of semi-decent um, during the course of the season. 2.53 on the year. Jacob Markstrom, who actually was in net against the Wild last time around. Very similar statistics. In fact, they're almost identical. The only major difference is Ryan Miller with two shutouts. Markstrom with Zilchi Dilchi so far on the year. Marcus Granlund. Marcus Granlin, recognize that name. Starting to get, starting to break through a little bit. A little more of a goal scorer than his slightly older brother, Mikhail Granlin. Marcus Granlin, who was a member of the Flames for so long, now he's staying in that Northwest, former Northwest Division, now called the Pacific, is obviously the Central. And yeah, teams got split up and moved to these new divisions, and that's what took place there. 
<sighs> man, mm, Barsky is continuing to be one of the leading scorers for that club. There's still not much of a there's still not much of a scoring team to be quite honest. Henrik Sandin with 32 points. His brother, twin brother, we all know the scene. Sandin brothers, Daniel Sandin. These guys are getting up there in years. The numbers are not the same. Only 27 points in the year. 11 goals for each of the brothers. Just Sandin, or excuse me, just Henrik. Yeah, Sandin. Henrik with more assists, but his plus minus is worse. Bo Horvat leading the club overall with only 14 goals. But Marcus Granlin, a goal scorer, kind of. 12 goals, 8 assists on the season. Not as good as the, the older brother, Mikhail. And it's good to see Mikhail pick it up. Alexandre Burroughs, who's been a thorn in the Wilds' side for years with Vancouver and others. Um, the Wilds should be able to beat this club. They should. You know, it's just one of those. They should be able to beat the club, just like the Wilds should have beaten the Calgary Flames. They should beat this team, damn it. And that's tonight, Saturday night. Beat them, please. You'll see Alex Tuck get his NHL debut, debut with Eric Stahl. And you don't need a writer. Yes, get her done. Get her done. Come on, Alex Tuck. Come on, Alex Tuck. And Eric Stahl, come out of that damn slump, too. Because, again, Charlie Coyle, uh, as voiced by Bruce Boudreaux, not the only guy slumping with this club right now. Stahl has been Stahl has not been scoring anymore. So, again, it's a game of streaks, and I've said it a quadrillion times. Last five games for Vancouver, they've beaten Florida and beaten Colorado in a couple of low-scoring performances. They got shut out by Arizona. They got shut out by Arizona. Wow. They got beat by Chicago 4-2, no surprise. And they got beat pretty convincingly at home by the San Jose Sharks, the Sharks, and I will be on a Sharks podcast on February the 15th, more than likely. We'll talk about that next show. That's coming up. Um, I'll, be, I'll be on their show, San Jose Sharks, a podcast over there. So thank you again, guys, for calling me. i got to figure out things a little bit. I don't know a whole lot about Google Hangouts because there's just so many things out there, so many different ways to do audio recording and conversation, all that. But whatever, let's get back to it. Uh, Wild will beat... The Canucks tonight, I they better. Uh, after a performance, 5-1 to one to the Calgary Flames, you better beat the Canucks. You better beat the Cun Bleeps tonight, please. And if they don't, I'm going to be pissed off. And I think I think Coach uh, Woodrow will be very pissed off. You're going to have to beat the Canucks because the schedule's getting tough here. It's starting to get tough again. Big surprise. Let's go. Beat the Canucks. The Wild will win with Devin Dubnik in that 3-2 to two performance. Not a high-scoring game, but a solid game. Most likely guy to score is... Alex Tuck. <laughs> Alex Tuck will score his first career goal against the Vancouver Canucks in his first game. It's happened so many times. You saw it with Marion Gabrick. You saw that with uh, Yule Eriksson Eck. And you've seen it with others out there. You've seen it with no-name guys, too, scoring real early, uh, even though they don't have much of a career. Sometimes it's real good guys. But I think Alex Tuck is going to score tonight against Vancouver. 3-2 to two victory. Devin Dubnik is going to put the clamps down. You're going to see better, more solid play from the Wild. But you're not going to see like 5-2. to two. You're going to see 3-2 to two victory. Regulation win for the Wild against Vancouver. Two points, and for us, zero for them. Tuesday, February the 7th, the Minnesota Wild head to Winnipeg. Winnipeg, Manitoba. Rutrow, home of the Manitoba Moose. The Manitoba Moose. Remember them? You remember the Manitoba? Remember the Minnesota Moose? Yeah, Manitoba Moose. They're still around. Completely different logo. They went from IHL to AHL. You know all that. The IHL died and the teams merged into the AHL. All that nonsense. The Labatt Blue looking Winnipeg Jets logo. Oh, goody. Labatt Blue. I like the old logo. I always will. Screw you, Winnipeg ownership, for saying we're moving in a different direction. Well, good for you, you sons of biscuits. <sighs> Winnipeg. Yep, solid team. Uh, Heli, Helibuck. Helibuck. He must like uh, Helibeards. Yep, because it's spelled the same way. Helibuck. 
<laughs> three shutouts on the season. Inconsistent. Michael Hutchinson, who's been strong in the past. Terrible so far this year. He was that strong backup goalie and Pavlich kind of guy seen three three uh, three games of action and again same thing three point two goals against three point two from Hutchinson from Hutch as they like to say he's had some good games against the Wild in the past I wouldn't be surprised to see either goalie but Connor Hellebuck has been better definitely the best of the bunch three shutouts on the season just under seven ninety one percent save percentage and he's averaging only and he's averaging two point eight goals against not that good. They have scoring, and their defense is not good. They, uh, the identity is different, completely different on this club than what it's been in the past. They were a low-scoring, physical type of team, which kind of Vancouver is kind of sort of becoming, despite the fact they scored five goals against uh, Kemper last time around. Uh, you got Patrick Lane, 43 points, 23 goals on the year. Mark Scheffel with 25 goals on the year, 53 points, one of the leading scorers in the league for a team that's only 500 and very much out of the playoff mix right now. Dustin Bufflin can drive you crazy. He's a tough son of a bitch. Former Chicago Blackhawks, Adam Lowry, similar thing on the defenseman side, the blue line. Those guys, very physical players. This is a physical team, but now they become a scoring team. Blake Wheeler, one of the best players on this club, uh, scoring a frustrating goal against the Wild not too long ago. Well, last time these clubs played anyway. Um, 45 points, 16 goals on the season for him. And you still got Ellers as well, a guy who's been in trade rumors for the Wild in the past, but now I don't think the Wild will be making that move as good as he's been. I don't know if the Wild will be able to at this point. 47 points in the year. These guys would all be leading would be leading the Wild in scoring, which is kind of funny. But the balance drops off significantly after Dustin Bufflin. Uh, a solid team, I think that should be better, but defensively, they're not good. The goaltending's not been good. Um, I don't know. Uh, luckily, the Wild have beaten this club in regulation twice this year. Last year, they really beat the crap out of us. That's when Wheeler beat us. It was last year, and the Wild were just heartbroken multiple times against this Jets club, especially when they were struggling. It's a five-game series because it's a division rival. Winnipeg could still win this series, as they will host all three of the remaining games. The Wild beat them both 4-3 to three, way back on October 15th. On November 23rd, a nice, solid little 3-1 to victory over Winnipeg Club, where Dubnik was just just a stud that whole night. He continued, and that was when he was really starting to show how great a season he's having. This won't be the easiest game, but it's very winnable. Uh, Winnipeg has won three games in a row against very good teams, and they barely lost to Anaheim, barely lost to San Jose. They beat Chicago in Chicago. They beat St. Louis in St. Louis, which is believable with head coach Mike Yo, uh, the while uh, the uh, Blues during the All-Star break, or right after, ended up deciding to move on from Ken Hitchcock and have now promoted Mike Yo to head coach, a guy who can rescue the club during these times, but at the same but at the same deal, prepare yourselves for continued swoons during the season, St. Louis, because I think we got well affiliated with that. In fact, every freaking year, I almost dropped an F-bomb there with him in charge, and of course a win in Dallas also by the Winnipeg. So they're playing better, and they will head to Colorado today, and then we'll be playing the Wild on Tuesday. Mm. And they'll be hosting the Wild on Tuesday, by the way. Um, Boy, is this a trap game? Is it? It's kind of got the makings of it. I don't know. I mean, I like the Wild success against this club, but I don't know. It's got the makings of a trap game to me. Then the Wild have a huge homestand. Just, oh my God, that's a homestand. <laughs> Both the Wild and the Wolves are going to have huge homestands around the same time here after this Winnipeg Jets game. Let's see. One, two, three. Oh my God. Oh, ho, ho, boy. That's four. Yeah, that's an eight game homestand for the Wild after the Jets game. 
good lord, that's a time for you to take over the conference uh, by uh, just build that cushion. But they're all against good teams, all against playoff caliber teams, unless you consider Detroit, unless you don't consider Detroit that, which I guess that's one maybe not. The Wild better win that one. We'll be talking about that next week. Uh, let's get on with the Jets. Uh, this reeks of a trap game. It really does. I think the Jets will win the game 3-2, to two, something like that. It's going to be a frustrating... I, I just have a sneaky feeling. It's going to be something like that. I don't know. I mean, this, you know, the more I come back, I think the Wild should beat this team, but I can't pick them to win every single game. I can't. And the success rate for the Wild over the Blackhawks lately has been so good. I, I'm going to pick the Jets to win 3-2. to two. I think for some reason their freaking goalies are going to be ready to roll and the physical play of this club will kind of return to, to what it's capable of doing. The Jets will win 3-2. to two. Most likely guy to score for the Wild. It's going to be an Eric Halla. I think, in that one against the Jets. Or Nito Niederreiter. Um, I'll go with Halla. We'll score against the Winnipeg Jets, but 3-2 to two victory for Winnipeg. I, I just kinda, it just reeks of a frustrating, kind of a quiet night for the Wild. Dubnik will more than likely be in net, but... Uh, oh, no, no, he won't. Dubnik will not be in net. This will be a Kemper game, so let's go with 4-3. to 4-3 <laughs> loss for the Wild against the... Win, uh, against the Winnipeg Jets, because there's no way Kemper's going to be in net against the Blackhawks the following day. Darcy Kemper in net against Winnipeg. I, I just feel a 4-3 to three loss there. Wild had to uh, head back home for their eight-game homestand, starting off with Chicago Blackhawks Wednesday, February the 8th. We all know these guys. Yeah, I mean, do I need to do this anymore? Not really. Uh, they're not playing as great of late, but at the same time, they're still a good team. Uh, they had a three-game losing streak in between. Uh, they were bookended with two wins against Vancouver and Arizona, but uh, losing 5-2 to two to Tampa Bay, 5-3, to three, to the Jets, Winnipeg Jets, of course, and three to one to San Jose. Huh, three to one to San Jose. But look at all the goals against by Crawford, man, and Scott Darling along the way. Darling's actually got a little bit better numbers on the year, believe it or not. Twelve and five on the year, great win-loss record. Crawford a little down this year, but again, the Blackhawks still have a great record. Remember, they were the leading team in the conference before the Wild took over. Patrick Kane leading the team in scoring six goals, sixteen goals on the season. Certainly not the, uh, just not the not not going on the on the on the torrent he went last year. Absolutely crazy. And Jonathan Tate played by injury all season, just kind of in and out of just frustrating injuries. He's missed nine games on the year. Twenty nine points for Taves and forty four so far. Duncan Keith, one of the best defensemen in the league. We all know he's got thirty one assists on the season. Patrick Kane fifty one points so far. Panarin and Amnisov just. Great acquisitions by this Blackhawks club that's kept them good along the way as other guys have gone. Great trades and such when you trade away Saad and you acquire guys like that along the way. Just That's the Blackhawks, and that's why they're able to keep things going. Um, very well-run organization, well-coached. We all know that. I'm not going to praise them too much because I want to beat them, and I, I can't stand them. <laughs> but uh, Scott Darling, don't be surprised to hear him in that, believe it or not even though Crawford's had the Wilds number over the years. But again, the Wilds took advantage of it last time around. Pominville burying the game winner last time around against this club. Hoping for a victory here. And I'm going to pick a win because the Wilds' success rate against this club has been fantastic. The Wild will continue to build a cushion in the Central Division. Let's say uh, look to hopefully finally win this division again. It'll be nice. It's been a long time. Back when it was a different division, Northwest, way back in 07 when the Wild claimed it last time around. Uh... I think the Wild will win the game. We're going to go with 3-2 to two again. 3-2, to two, lower scoring. It's not going to be super high. 
Patrick Kane will score against the Wild because he always does. Patrick Kane, most likely got to score against the Wild. 100% chance because he scored in every single time the Wild play the Blackhawks. Somehow, someway, there'll be a time where he'll be one-on-one with Dubnik and he'll put it in because that's Patrick Kane. It's going to happen. We, we don't even need to think about it. And then one of the other two, Amisav or Panarin, will add the other goal. Or Patrick will get ball to him like he did last time. Old Patrick, when he was struggling with goal scoring, he was kind of like Zucker uh, in a way. Kind of like Zucker type numbers, and now he's getting taking off again. As good as Zucker has been, still, he's not a dominant Patrick Kane type player. So let's just be honest. Uh, most likely guy for the Wild to score, we'll go with Zach. Zach Parisi will be the most likely guy to score for the Wild against the Chicago Blackhawks. A three to two win, a nice home victory for the Wild. Maybe even four to three, something like that. But I think the Wild will pull off the victory against. I, in my opinion, I do believe Scott Darling will be in net. That's just my belief. He's been playing better than Crawford. And maybe they'll want to go in a different direction. We'll see. Because uh, Crawford's been getting beat by the Wild in the regular season. Postseason is another story. Let's... uh. (laughs) February 10th, happy birthday. Again, uh, my mom and my mom was February the 5th. Will be February the 5th. And then Friday, February the 10th, happy birthday to my dad and my twin nephews, Alex and Max. Wow. It says, yep, three birthdays on the same day. And four birthdays in the same week. That's insane. <laughs> Steven Stamkos, the Wild, will host the Tampa Bay Lightning Friday, Feb the 10th, like I mentioned. Steven Stamkos out with injured reserve, torn meniscus, not good. Callahan has been on injured reserve with a lower body injury. Bourneval, upper body injury situation with him. And Bishop has not been very good. He's not been preaching very well. Okay, I'm sorry. For the Tampa Bay Lightning, the power play is seventh in the league. One of the best in the league. Finally killed, not so good. Everything else, kind of just mediocrity for this club. Uh, Andre Valeshevsky, who was good in the Stanley Cup Finals not too long ago. Very good in the Conference Finals. Actually, he was very good in the Conference Finals last year when they had to when they had to have him in there against the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Very solid. Um, he's been the better goalie. Again, just like how you, you know the name Ben Bishop, but Andre Vasilevsky, uh, I keep I keep getting it wrong because I remember hearing it many, many times. Kucherov's leading the club in scoring. Nikita Kucherov, who's been a solid player, he's been kind of taking the reins with Stephen Stamkos' uh, injury situation. Frustrating for Tampa Bay. They've had a down year. Uh, Stamkos has only played 17 games on the season. He's been out. Uh, Stamkos has been out since November the 16th. And that's one of the reasons, many reasons, they've been struggling. A lot of people had this club winning, not only getting to the finals, but winning it all this year, including myself, against the uh, Dallas Stars. They had them playing the Stars and beating them in the finals. Oh, man. Mm. I don't think it's going to happen. They still have a lot of talent. Tyler Johnson with connections here. 32 points on the season. He's been strong. Philip Philipula, I love that name. (laughs) Vitaly Philipula, 32 points on the season. Headman, 41 Again, another team. They're kind of like Vancouver in a way, where there's a little bit, a little bit on top, and then it drops off. In fact, they're probably more like Winnipeg in that sense, but more of a skill team, I'd say, than Winnipeg's physicality, uh, without a doubt. Honestly, uh, Paquette is the leading, is leading, is the guy leading in hits with 118, much less than several of the players on Winnipeg. The Wild should win this game. The goaltending has been okay. The scoring has been okay. The what the Wild are the better team. Uh, Dubnik will be in net, which better be a good thing. Hopefully Dubnik isn't going to go in a slump. That's my fear with possibly the Winnipeg game along the way. But then again, no, that that's going to be Cumber because it's a back-to-back. Unless Alex Stalock is called up. 
but Kepper has earned his right to be on the club after his big, uh, nice, strong play against Edmonton. Hopefully he'll continue that against Winnipeg. I'm not counting on it at the moment, but we'll see. Uh, Wild should win the Tampa Bay Lightning game, though. Most likely got to score against them. Nino Niederreiter, I think. I just feel Nino Niederreiter against the Florida team there. Uh, got a good vibe on that one. I think the Wild win 4-2 to against uh, Tampa Bay. I think that'll be a very strong, solid, convincing victory for the Wild. You're going to see good puck possession. You're going to see nice play. You're going to see fun. It's going to be a fun little Friday night for the Wild on Feb the 10th. Minnesota wins 4-2 to against the Tampa Bay Lightning, a club that's just not been that good of late. And they wrap up the season series March the 9th, the day after my brother's birthday. So it's kind of hanging around family members' birthdays there, which is kind of funny. <laughs> but the Wild will beat a Tampa Bay team that's not been so good. And the Wild have had success against this club for quite a while. Um, their last five games have been terrible. Uh, they lost to Arizona. They beat Chicago, their Stanley Cup final uh, Stanley Cup final opponents two years ago. They lose to Florida, lose to Boston, lose to Ottawa. They're not all bad teams or anything, of course. Yeah, I mean, you beat Chicago, the best of the bunch, and you lose to the other four. Mm. And Ottawa, by the way, has been playing excellent. Only seven points behind Montreal in the Atlantic Division. Impressive. Toronto continuing to hang around in the playoff hunt as well in the Eastern Conference. Good for them. Nice to see Babcock leading that team nicely in Toronto. Coach Babcock there, and of course, yeah, the other, the, the, the young stars there in Toronto. Very, very exciting there, uh, including the, the, the young Phenom Andrews as well. So, hoping for the best here for the Wild. I'm picking a 3 in one week. I mean, there's no way I could pick 4 and no. I mean, that's too rube-like. That's not my style. And if the Wild win them all, just great. I mean, I'll, I'll never complain about that. So, that's how I'm standing with things there. Let's check up with the prospects for the Minnesota Wild, Iowa Wild, all that, but obviously prospects of our Minnesota Wild. Luke Cunning. Getting another goal last night for Wisconsin. He's been very strong. Obviously, he's he's going to be a guy. He'll probably be on the wild somehow, some way next year. He was the draft pick of 2016, or maybe, maybe two years from now. Who who knows? I mean, he's only a sophomore. 17th goal of the season yesterday. 26 points for the University of Wisconsin. Very cool. Let's do the Dmitry Sokolov watch. Sudbury Wolves, yes, seventh round pick. 196 overall for the Minnesota Wild this year. Now he's at 34 goals on the season. And uh, a multi-goal game this week. They only played one game since last week. That's been kind of, you know, they've been all-star games of the AHL and OHL and the NHL, all kind of around the same time. But he's already equaled last season's 52 points. But this time in only 44 games versus 68. Uh, he had two goals and an assist in the one game. 34 goals on the season for Dmitry Sokolov. Again, I will reiterate, he needs to move up to some other level, be it college hockey of some sort, maybe play a year or two with the Gophers, or <laughs> Colorado College, whatever, I mean, all, all of them played a year with Colorado College, something like that, um, but that would be smart, he needs to either move up there, or maybe play for the, uh, if it comes to it, play for the Quad City Mallard, something like that, help help out Sam Warning there, as he can kind of continue to move up the ranks, obviously, OHL, a significant drop-off from the AHL. He'd probably not be that good right out of the gate in the AHL. Seems to be a tough adjustment for college players, much less OHL players, Ontario Hockey League players uh, in that case. Uh, Jordan Greenway netting another assist last night for the Boston for the Boston University, a team that's been ranked number one in the country. They're number three at the moment. The Gophers, nice, strong 5-1 to victory over Penn State, looking to really take over the uh, Big Ten here. Very exciting. 
But uh, our, our buddy there, <laughs> Jordan Greenway, uh, definitely more of a playmaker than a goal scorer. Seven, uh, netting his 18th assist. Now he's at 25, only one point behind last season's total of 26 points on the season in 14 less, 13 less games at this stage. Very cool because we're hitting the stretch run for college hockey. Nice again, nice win for the Gophers last night. Again, Alex Tuck, um, very been very strong. Let's look at Luis Belpedio real quick, see how he's doing for Miami University. He's at 15 points in 20 games at this point, adding another goal not too long ago, another assist, 15 points as Miami University did not play last night. He's in his uh, junior year, of course, in the same draft as Alex Tuck. He was the, it was the uh, third round, 80th overall pick for the Wild in 2014. Let's look at the Iowa Wild and get excited because players are playing a little better, even though a lot of guys haven't been as, you know, <laughs> a lot of guys haven't, I mean, haven't been playing as much because of the All-Star games and such. Timo Pulkinen, and this is the weirdest thing, it's Timo, there's another Timo Pulkinen in college hockey, it's kind of funny, but Timo Pulkinen of the Iowa Wild, who did not go to the All-Star game, let Alex Tuck go instead, 30 points on the season, leading the way by a, by a wide margin, Alex Tuck with a couple of goals very recently, 22 points for Iowa, maybe his final season there is he'll now join the Wild. We'll see. Mario Lucia and uh, Mario Lucia continuing his tear up the ranks, adding more goals, assists along the way. 22 points in 38 games for Mario Lucia. He's third in the team, actually tied for second with Alex Tuck on the team in scoring. Really cool to see Mario Lucia moving up the ranks there. For the longest time, he was like eighth, ninth, on, <laughs> eighth or ninth on the team in scoring. Kind of where Sam Anas is now as he's continued to move up. 16 points on the season in 39 games. Again, he faced injury earlier in the season. Nice to see that Gustav Olsson at 21 points on the year as well, as he'd pick up his play the past couple of weeks. Five goals, 16 assists so far for the Iowa Wild. Alex Stalock leading the way, 15 wins, 10 losses, 2.47 goals against average, three shutouts where uh, McCulloch has zero on the season in Iowa. The Iowa Wild continue to win. They had a 5-1 victory this week, and they'll be playing again tonight in the AHL. Very exciting to see how well they've been playing of late. They're on a winning streak. They're now three games above 500, which was unheard of just a year ago for the Iowa Wild. Um, very exciting. Very, very exciting indeed. As the uh, prospects playing well down there, and the goaltending has improved dramatically after a poor start. Nice to see Iowa continuing to move up over there. They just might make the playoffs in the AHL. That'd be great, as they're hanging right around there. They're kind of about like, um, well, like St. Louis, Calgary right now for the uh, the AHL. <laughs> Weird to see St. Louis only four games above 500 right now, but it is what it is. Kind of an awkward, strange situation. Poor goaltending. They're going to need a new goaltender of some sorts, some type of trade, because uh, Jake Allen's not getting it done. And you know what? I was never that impressed with him, honestly. I always thought Elliot was the better goalie. But even Elliott uh, was getting beat significantly by the Wild in the playoffs that year. But it is what it is. Or the 20, uh, that was the 2015 playoffs. Very fun. I'm getting mixed up with 2014 when you had Colorado and uh, eventually Chicago. Very good series. And the devastating Chicago series in 2015, which was just, you know, it was a reality check that made us all sick and pissed off here in town. And, of course, all the players in the locker room as well were just shocked and, and dismayed with what took place. So, it is what it is. Let's, uh, that's pretty much about it. I want to thank everybody. Please join the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild, facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild. Like and follow that. 
at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild for Twitter. Follow that if you could. Would be greatly appreciated. There's a phone line, 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for Brave the Wild. It'd be, uh, of course, greatly, greatly appreciated. Um, please also... Yeah, I mean, there's multiple ways to get on hold. I gave you the number. There's the call now button for Brave the Wild on the Facebook page. You just click on the button and it goes right through Facebook Messenger to the same number. That's if you're international or if you just want to just do a quick deal there, not even have to type it in. Very easy, free, all that like you know. And then, of course, there's the uh, audio submission route, which I highly welcome as well for international listeners or anybody, quite frankly. It doesn't even matter. You don't have to be international. You could use your... uh, smart device, the free recording application on it. There's there's usually one right on there, or if you want a different one, you can download it for free, I'm sure, and then treat it the same way as a phone call. And, of course, all this information, uh, the the email address is paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. All the information, including how to spell Paladino Live, uh, will be in the show description and the phone number. So everything there, the Twitter, the Facebook account. Also, if you could, please... Write a positive review for Brave the Wild on iTunes or, or uh, Stitcher. It would be greatly, greatly, greatly appreciated. Thank you again so very much in advance. want to thank, thank Vince Germano for retweeting the last show. Thank you very much. Out of Australia, more of a basketball fan. And also Hockey Podcasts. Hockey Podcasts. It's uh, at NHL Podcast. At NHL Podcast has been retweeting the show as well. want to thank you very much. Not sure if it's kind of a bot Twitter, but hey, whatever it is, thank you very much for... I, I don't think it is. I'm guessing it's a real person out there, and I want to thank you very much if you happen to listen for retweeting the show. That might be how the Sharks show got in touch with me. And shout out to others out there who like, who like a lot what I say, like Beth out there. Really appreciate you. If you happen to be a listener, and many others, Jeff W., who uh, retweets a lot of things, what I say, thank you again. God bless all of you. Uh, hope you all have a nice week and the Wild continue their winning ways. Would be great to build some more cushion against those Chicago Blackhawks. 